You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 15 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the wonderfully talented Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What have you been up to this week? Doing lots of photography? Uh-huh, and I've just done a massive workout. Okay. I've right. got swagger. You know when you do your legs and they're really sore, you... <laughs> walk like you've just gotten off a horse (laughs) (laughs) or or in my case you don't walk at all which is what happened when I did my workout last week because I think I overdid it oh god so I'm you doing a challenge like a 30-day challenge or just working out I'm just working out freestyle I'm not not doing a 30-day challenge no what are you doing a 30-day challenge yes so um I'm doing a a 30-day squat challenge why well, so I'm going to get one of those like nice little bubble butts and then I'm going to be able to, my aim in life is to be able to crack walnuts. Uh, that's a visual that I possibly <laughs> did not need and of course this is such an important skill to have when you are a photographer. So what we're going to do is we're going to move on because this is a G-rated show. So what have you been doing photography-wise this week, Gina? Oh, I've been shooting, uh, it's like headshot season, I think. So it's been a lot of headshots and I'm currently uh, in pre-production for uh, a big shoot that's going to happen at the end of the week. And yeah, some uh, comedians coming up. So it's like there's so much going on. It's a busy time. Exciting. What about you, Val? Have you been shooting? Have you got your new lens out? Uh, I have been shooting my pe- my cats. Uh, mm-hmm. I did that. I spent Sunday afternoon shooting uh, my pets. They didn't quite work work out just the way I wanted it to, but I'll, I'll be revisiting that this Sunday and I'll let you know if there's an improvement. But tonight, actually, I have been reminiscing somewhat because <laughs> I just sort of flicked on the television and there was the Neighbours 30th anniversary special. Now, listeners in, the, in Australia and the UK will be very familiar with Neighbours, but for those listeners who are from the US, Neighbours is basically an iconic soap opera in Australia and it's very much like, you know, the days of our lives, yep. the bold and the beautiful. It's huge. And um, I was reminiscing because it came onto the television and there were all of the, you know, stars from long, long ago. And it made me realize that if it wasn't for Neighbours, Gina, I would never have met you. Exactly. Because it was our very first job together. I was doing work for a magazine and you were a photographer. You still Uh are a photographer, of course. (laughs) And I needed to find a photographer in Melbourne to shoot some of the stars on Neighbours. And that's how we met. And we, we, we did that first shoot and we subsequently went on to shoot every second person on Neighbours. And I yeah. think you have shot every, every person on Neighbours <laughs> since. Yes. And um, it's, it's obviously played such a big part in the um, careers of people like 
Guy Pierce, yep. uh, who started on Neighbours, and Margot Robbie, who started yep. on Neighbours, and she's now in a movie with Will Smith, and um, Jesse Spencer, who's yes. in Chicago Fire, and he was previously in House, um, and uh, oh god, there's just countless Kylie Minogue, of course, yep. Jason Donovan, uh, and Russell Crowe did Neighbours, yeah, briefly, mm. <laughs> briefly, mm. he likes to mention briefly, you know, <laughs> but, but the other ones that we've mentioned were were regular, were long term. Yep. You yeah. know, people on neighbours. And um, so it was a walk down memory lane, to tell you the truth. And it was kind of good timing because, in fact, Gina, your newsletter came out this week. Yes. And your newsletter featured um, Alan Fletcher. Yes. Who many people don't know is not only a, a wonderful actor on neighbours and, you know, in Australia, but is also a, a photographer. Yes. He's an amazing photographer, too. Mm. Very and, talented. And uh, for those of you who haven't signed up to Gina's newsletter, certainly do so. G- at, uh, you can sign up at Gina's website, ginamilitia.com. But um, the point of this week's newsletter was that you were showing people how Alan did his Christmas card yeah. and how you, um, in post-production, put snow in it because mm. you wanted to give the impression of falling snow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, neighbours has has done a lot, you know, and 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 for people who Americans especially who don't necessarily know Alan, um, you you may know that of course Eddie Redmayne, who was in the Theory of Any Everything and won Best yeah. Actor, uh, in his speech, you know, to the media straight after his win, actually thanked Alan Fletcher, yes, and uh, and another actor um, on Neighbours for you know. Uh, uh, learning from from them after you know watching na- watching the show for, in his younger years, kind of. How thing. cool is that? Very cool, very yeah. cool for Alan. So a great show. I cut my teeth on that show, and and that's how I learnt, you know, how to shoot on set and and like all all a lot of the editorial. There was like I reckon about five years where eighty percent of the work that I did came out of Neighbours, and I was shooting for you know magazines all around the world and all around Australia. And uh, it was uh, an amazing and exciting time. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope they'll go on for another 30 years and I, I don't see it ever stopping. I no. think it's, uh, you know, it's so, so loved and uh, many people have grown up with it. And we'll put a link in the show notes as well because I know that um, there's a great shot that Gina has done, which I love, and I want to put it in the show notes. And it's actually uh, Gina's shot some of the male stars, but she's done it in a rat pack kind of um, look. So can you just tell us a little bit about that shoot? Yeah, so this is, um, I think we've talked about this in some of my, uh, we've done this in, in, in past podcasts where it's it's like I've got them all walking towards camera and then I've got each of them uh, like dressed to the hilt in these gorgeous, cool sort of 1950s like style suits and each uh, of the actors is doing something different as they're walking towards the camera. So so they're not actually looking towards camera and I've shot them from, from low so they're really powerful and then you know, you get them to walk towards camera. So someone's buttoning up a shirt, someone's doing up their tie. And it's just like, this is the coolest way to shoot groups of people. This has been my go-to pose for the last couple of years (laughs) when I'm doing casts. It just, it works. And this is like a great thing that everyone can do that's listening. Whenever you've got a group of four, five, six, 
This yeah. is an awesome way to shoot people in a group so you can get everyone across a line. It's so such a dynamic-looking uh, way to shoot people. And the Huffington Post have used it in in a in a um, article which we'll link in the show notes as well. I love this shot. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. But Thanks, let, Val. Let us move on. We've had some um, great feedback from listeners. Thank you so much uh, to those of you who have tweeted us or Facebooked us or, or emailed us. Oh, it's been so awesome. And we're feeling the love. Thank you so much. Particularly feeling the love today because you have made us number one in our category. So yes. thank you so much, everyone. And um, Amanda Atthard uh, wrote to us on <laughs> Facebook and said, I was taking food photos today and every time I moved something one millimetre, I could hear Gina's voice laughing at food photographers getting excited when a plate or something is moved just a little bit. It kept me smiling all day. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Amanda. Thank you so much for being a good Sport. I have so much respect for food photographers and good on you for getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I'm not very good with food photography except no, for my Instagram. And yeah, Val, yeah, your coffee shots are getting better though. <laughs> a bit the same. So Michael Dodge has also uh, emailed us. Thank you, Michael, for your lovely comments. Uh, he says, great it as always. And he has a question. Yep. When the line of the eyes and the line of the mouth aren't parallel, you recommend splitting the difference. Yep. That is, neither eyes nor mouth is on the horizontal, right? Yeah. So, comments? Yeah, exactly. So, like, you've, yeah, so just like to tilt, tilt the head to sort of get it right. And you know, like, you'll get to the point when you're doing portraits that you're just going to know the right spot. You'll just see it. It, it clicks in, you go there. And that's why whenever I'm posing people, I always ask them to, when they're moving their head around, to always make really tiny, tiny moves. You don't want them to be, like, moving, you know, like, too far one way and too far the other way because you're not going to see it. So you just ask them to really move around really slowly. So, yeah. like, you know, when, when I want someone to tilt their head, I actually I'm doing this as I'm explaining it, so it's <laughs> great for radio. Like, like the Italian in me comes out. But basically I've got my hands held in front of my face yeah. um, about 10 centimetres apart, right? Yeah. My hands are held out. And, and what I do is I, I tilt both hands at the same angle that I want the person to tilt their head right. and you don't even have to speak and you just go just follow my hands with yes. your head so, and so you just tilt your hands and basically um you just get them to tilt the head tilt the head until you see it's looking right so you're not seeing you're not noticing the tilt of the mouth or or the tilt of the eye and that that's common everyone's got like a uh, you know, a slight imperfection, either one eye is bigger than the other or the mouth tilts or the eyes tilt. And it's not until you actually see someone fully front on that yeah. you notice everyone, uh, many people have these imperfections. There's not many people that have a completely symmetrical face. Yeah, and you that's a great tip, Gina, because using I've seen you do it, and using your hands to kind of guide people means that you don't have to say, look to the left. No, yeah. no, 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 my left. No, no, your left. No, yeah. no, my left. You know, so yeah. it's, yeah, it, it's great confusing. Technique. People don't understand that. It's, it is. It, it works really well. Another great thing that uh, that Michael uh, points out in his, his email, and this is a, a great tip because I was talking about all, all the hacks about, you know, how to direct people and how to approach people, and he said that in my experience – uh, lads are more comfortable when you approach them head on because I think uh, he's referring to when we were talking about uh, the episode how to give good headshot. What was that yeah. episode 12? Mm -hmm. um, I was saying that uh, 
when you're greeting the person that you're going to photograph for the first time, to, to, just to make them feel comfortable, and this is a subconscious thing, yeah. keep your hands out of your pockets yeah. and have them visible because this goes back to like cavemen days when we were taught to instinctually look for any threats yeah. approaching us. And so if you can't see someone's hands, you know, your brain, your old brain thinks that they might have a weapon and so that, you know, they might be slightly off guard. And this is like not something that, you know, people notice, but it might be just that thing that, that, that puts them on edge and you want you want to give them no reason to not trust you. So just having your hands out. So based on that, he's saying that, you know, in my experience, lads are more comfortable when you approach them head on. Uh, approaching them from the side feels sneaky, whereas lasses, so I'm assuming if he uses lad and lassies, he's, he's a UK boy, yeah. would, would you say, Val? Probably, yes. Yeah, and lasses uh, are the opposite. Approaching head-on um, feels predatory. So that's interesting, isn't it? it? Especially because it might be different for you as a woman. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so it's something to think that, about. I, I actually love all those sort of brain hacks and yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, you just another thing that you can add in and, and sort of think about when you're, um, when you're photographing someone. Yeah, yeah, great. Thanks for sharing that, Michael. Really mm, appreciate thank it. Thank you. That's awesome. So we're going to move straight into our topic this week, which is I'm pretty excited about. <laughs> We've called it Fabulous Darling, <laughs> How to Break into Fashion Photography. It's now, Valerie. Yeah, it, mwah, mwah. <laughs> now, I think this is great because so many people want to shoot fashion. I mean, how many people have we met, Gina? Who everyone. wants to shoot, want to shoot? I mean, not everyone, but, but a Literally lot of people everyone. want to shoot yep. fashion and, uh, you know, want to break into fashion photography. And, um, you know, we've known many fashion photographers through photographers during our time and they yep. vary greatly in uh, personality yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, skill and uh, bizarreness. Um, but let's let's get stuck into it. Where shall we start? How to break into fashion photography? Yeah, well, well, I think when we talk about fashion photography, we should fa- define that what comes under that umbrella of fashion photography because yes. there's more. There's like there's just not one style, you sure. know. There's like yes. many many different styles. So you can you can look at the like the high fashion haute couture fashion photography, which is like you know, um, which actually uh, literally means uh, sewing and the business of sewing, elegant sewing, haute couture. And, and, and so that's like the really high-end stuff that you, you, you know you see in, um, you know, the thick glossy magazines like your, your Gucci and your Chanel and your Prada and that's, that's like uh, the big bucks, the, the, you know, the, the top end of town when it comes to fashion photography, right? Yes. And then you've got um, – you know, you've got the other maybe local and mid and budget brands like, you know, your Levi's, your Calvin Klein and Target, which is like, you know, still fashion. And then for in every every different country, everyone's got their own, um, you know, fashion stores that are, you know, distinctive to that particular country. And yes. so it's not necessarily, you know, exclusive high end, but they all need to be photographed as well. Yeah. Okay, so there's, there's all of that. So they'll do... Uh, their different campaigns and they might do like, um, you know, two to four campaigns a year that are their advertising campaigns that you'll see in the billboards and in the magazines and everywhere online, right? Yes. Um, and then you'll get like the other style. So that's the advertising, big bucks. The other style of fashion photography that you can also make a living doing is editorial. Yeah. And so that's magazines and online. So you've got, again, you've got the high-end magazines, which are like, you know, and, and high-end and mainstream like Vogue, L, Grazia 
okay? And so you get uh, in those very low pay scale yeah. of magazines compared to advertising. Like a lot of them, it, it's down, it's really low. And I think like last time I looked, you know, Vogue might be $85 a day, 100 a day or something like that or even nothing, right, to, to get your work in that. But incredibly high exposure so like you know yep. photographers who shoot will will shoot for those magazines because their name is in the t- in the in, you know um credited yeah and then the world sees that work and it then that leads on to um getting advertising work so and it's a really good way to get your name out there so i don't think vogue paid nothing but it but is it's very lower low. than you would be yeah a lot of people would be shocked because shocked. you know when i was commissioning photographers in magazines and when i was picture editor well when i first started in 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 doing that i used to be amazed at how low photographers got paid for editorial mm. but they were happy to do it anyway because yep. of the you know creative aspect of it and also because it did get them the exposure to the advertisers because if there were only say 10 pages of fashion in the magazine, magazine and you took up five or six of them, mm. you were probably only one of two photographers featured in that magazine. Yep. And they were going, though it was those glossy magazines that were going to the ad- advertising agencies mm-hmm. and to the, you know, fashion brands. And so that's how you got, got known. So what you got paid for editorial, what you get still get paid for editorial mm-hmm. is literally a fraction of what you get paid for advertising. And it's a teeny it's tiny fraction. Teeny and it's like you, you barely will cover your costs, yep. barely, but it's like having, you know, five full-page ads in a magazine. Yeah, in beautiful, much. beautiful stock, beautifully printed and beautifully laid out and you are working with the best of the best. So as a fashion photographer, you're working with the best models yep. in the world, the best hair stylists, the best makeup artists, and the best stylists and the best art directors. Absolutely. And then it's laid out by, you know, the best designers. So like your, to have your work showcased like that, I don't think there's anything better really. Yep. For a fashion photographer, but then there's also um, sort of like the more mainstream and uh, sort of lower end magazines. You know, like the women's magazines, like uh, the weekly women's, the weeklies, the and also monthlies as well. That are like you know not not Vogue, Elle, or Grazia, but like you know the mo- monthlies like the you know Cosmos and the Cleos and 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 sort of that sort. Who also have um, you know fashion spreads, and so there's 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 work there as well. Mm. Um, so that's editorial mag, and that that's like not not always uh, magazines. You can now do editorial shoots online, of course. So there's like that whole other avenue, and often it'll be like it goes. It's in the magazines, but it's also online where it's seen by so many more people as well. Yeah. Um, as well as editorial, the other thing is that there's catalog and lookbooks. Okay, so this is advertising. But it's not high-end advertising. So whereas, um, you know, the big buck uh, full-page advertising spreads and um, billboards are selling, they're not actually selling the, the clothes, they're, sh- they're selling a lifestyle, yep. right? It's the idea of like this, this is what you will be if yep. you wear our clothes or our perfume, you know, you'll be um, going um, in a speed boat going through the island of Capri with gorgeous <laughs> women all around you because you're wearing our tie, yes. right? It's the idea of. So it's not – sometimes you don't even see the clothes properly, yes. right? It'll be moody or just like, you know, so just a, a really cool shot. It's an idea that they're selling you. Catalogues and lookbooks, 
it's about the clothes. So a catalogue is like they're generally shot very uh, – the budget is a lot lower into, and, and, and the turnaround is a lot quicker. So whereas an advertising shot, they might take a full day to do one shot or four days to do a shoot or ten days, depending on um, who, who, who the client is, catalogue you know, 50 shots a day, bang, yeah. bang, 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 and you're getting them all out and it's all about showing the clothes to look absolutely amazing, right? Yeah. And then lookbook is another form of catalogue, but this is where, you know, the, the client is showing the clothes to buyers, the, to, to the stores that they want to buy their ranges to show them off. So, again, it's like catalogue. Um, a similar thing and, and uh, just as far. So these two areas... So in case that- anyone isn't familiar with the lookbook, um, that's basically, as Gina mentioned, it's say a designer will have a, um, uh, a book that's just full of all of the different outfits and, and, and um, items and garments that a, a department store, say, or, or a boutique may want to buy. So yep. it's specifically for that market. Their, their whole range, and so they might shoot uh, a range every month. Some designers that are pumping out like that, or they might be every couple of months. And then uh, there's companies that will do a catalogue, you know, every month, every couple of months. So they're, they're, they're high volume, mm. these sorts of shoots, and uh, shot very fast. So, so like the catalogue and lookbook can be a good entry um, into fashion. And then, you know, there's all – you can you can actually be a specialist in all, all sorts of different areas. So you could be a men's fashion photographer, women's fashion photographer, children's fashion photographer. That whole area has now opened up, and that sort of um, what's that market called where they're eight? So they've got there's a special name for the, the they're, they're not teenagers. What's under that? What's, tweens. What's, is it tweens? That's yes. it. That whole market is massive now, and um, and then there's swimwear, fashion, fitness, fashion. Denim fashion, yeah. suits, accessory, jewellery. So you've got all different kinds, okay? So getting that break in fashion photography is all about putting the work in first and doing um, everything that you need to do. And if you put everything in place and you've got that um, the, the work behind you, you can get to a point where, um, you know, it's not as hard to sell yourself because your work speaks for yourself, it's for itself if you do the following things. Okay, what? following things. How many things have we got? Twelve. <laughs> so okay. we're going to go fast, all right? <laughs> all right. Like, okay, so the, these are the steps we need to put in place if we want to break into fashion photography. Okay. Go so for it. First, Number one. Know your fashion history, designers and styles. It's pointless going into the fashion world if, you know, you don't know um, about the history of fashion. Or at least the um, iconic aspect The basic, of the iconic, you know, designers, the image yeah. makers, yeah. fashion terminologies, hairstyle, makeup, you know, films, popular culture, all those things the that you can use to reference and who has influenced fashion over the years. And so, you know, I remember that, like, my uh, bedtime reading from about the age of uh, 12 till about 24 (laughs) was fashion magazines. Yeah. That's all I read, thousands of them. And I thought I was wasting my time every night because it's like, shouldn't you be reading proper books? (laughs) And I just read all day long at the beach or I just would buy, I don't know how much I spent on them, but I would just read and consume those constantly and I reckon like all of those images and now like you know buried in there with all the popular culture stuff and I know that I draw on them constantly 
you and know. if you if if there are some listeners who you know you haven't done that, uh, a it's not too late. But no. b, um, you know, to fast track it, look at get some books that are fashion retrospective. Yes. Or get some you know the history of Vogue for the last fifty years. Read um, biographies by you know uh, people by, like Grace Coddington yep. or Anna Wintour. Just yes. make sure that you 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 pick the inf- you, you, you you can't possibly know everything, but pick the key people. Pick the influences and understand what has, um, you know, been been most influential in fashion over the last twenty years. Awesome, and, and biographies by uh, past models are, are great as well, and a yeah. great peep into that world. So then. Um, you know, like now it's all opened up, so you can get online and there's uh, amazing fashion bloggers mm. around, and and also like uh, fashion photographers that are that are posting their stuff. So I'm going to list uh, a few, uh, and I'll put them in the show the show notes. I could I could say them out loud, but if someone listens to this in the future, the way the fashion world works, in five minutes these will all be over. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know. So, but but the, if you if you're interested, go to the show notes, and there'll there'll be like you know a whole a whole host of them that that are a pretty good uh, a pretty good start starting point. But in case you don't go to the show notes, <laughs> Sticks and Stones Agency, yeah, yeah, theblondesalad.com, cool yeah. Tommy Ton. He's a photographer out in New York, amazing stuff. Man Repeller, which is, uh-huh. you know, an iconic site. Yeah. Uh, Fashion Gone Rogue. Yeah. But, you know, we will do a full list in the show notes. So, yeah. Yeah. what else? And, and so, okay, so we're reading the magazines, the blonde blogs, the Tumblr, the Insta. You know, you want to see, like, where the new stuff is all coming out. And so you want to find the, the cutting edge stuff so that you yeah. can be on point when you're doing your, you know, your shoots and, and, and like, it's great to read the mainstream fashion magazines, but it's really good to see the, like, the cutting-edge sort of indie ones, you know, so maybe a, a few to think about, Rush, Oyster, Yen, um, you know, have a look at those. And I could make up any name. I could go, I could say Chair, Pillow. <laughs> <laughs> For those people who aren't familiar, they're um, Australian magazines, Rush and Oyster. <laughs> so um, <laughs> they are real. Chair. However, I think it is important to look at what people are doing, you know, and I I think that um, I often hear photographers say, but, you know, I want to develop my own style. And that's absolutely true. You should develop your own style. But I'm also very much of the philosophy that many great artists steal. They do. And you need to draw – you can draw inspiration from other places. And I'll be very upfront and say that in my days in glossy magazines, there were many a time when the editor would just, you know, give me a UK magazine or a yeah. US magazine and do and show me the fashion spread or the, whatever spread, you know, photographic spread in there and they would just say to me, do the Australian version. Yep. And it was just my task to basically – interpret it the Australian way, which was essentially do it almost exactly the same way, yeah. but with an Australian photographer and Australian models. Exactly. So and 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 those some of those spreads were the most popular spreads exactly. out there. So but we did our own version of it. Mm. So and I have no problem in, in admitting that. Yeah, so like for sure when you're starting out, of course you're going to be influenced by the the things that you've seen in the past and there is nothing wrong Nothing wrong with that at all. I did it. I did it. I still do it. Um, second thing, uh, assisting. I, yep. I think this is oh, a great yes. way. 
because not only are you going to uh, learn great skills on the job, you're going to actually uh, meet great people. So I know that in my assisting years, like I then went on to meet like, you know, some amazing stylists, some amazing uh, makeup artists and just watching and learning uh, all the styles of lighting. There's no way I'd be able to do what I do, you know, now. And it just fast tracks you. It Like, you know, I got an intro into everyone in the um, – in the sort of fashion industry, I, I met all the agents, I met models. I, like you just, you just meet so many more people, and it's just a really great way to fast track. Absolutely. So, and just, you know, as a side note, when you're assisting, okay, just be an assistant. Do it, but but don't be like so in a hurry to get on with it. And in terms of when, like when you're on set, it's really uncool to hit on your photographer's. Um, uh, sort of connections so you're oh, not yeah. going to be asking for a stylist number or you know <laughs> facebook friends with the editor and things like that that's really uncool so you, you know you've got an opportunity to make your own sort of friends but learn that learn the craft while you're on the job right what else okay okay shooting models folios all right so right. yes of course Okay, so you've got to start somewhere. So, like, you know, if you've never photographed a model before and you know you want to do it, so maybe take baby steps, step back, photograph your friends first, yeah. okay, before you do it. So friends, relatives, you know, the, the head on the stick, try that, maybe t- test out some of your fashion lining techniques, then move to your friends. Then try something like uh, Model Mayhem and then you can – you can. Um, Sorry, what's so, Model so Mayhem? So Model Mayhem is a, is a website where new models – and new photographers and new makeup artists uh, all are online. You have an account. It's like Twitter for, for creatives. It's in Australia, right? It's worldwide. Okay, great. Yeah, okay. So you can get on, create an account, and you can put out a casting call. Hey, I'm looking for a model. I'm in this country. And, uh, you know, this is where I am. Is anyone available or interested to work with me? And so, and you can, um, you know, network with other like-minded people. And this is a way that you can uh, build your team around you. So hopefully you're going to meet other great makeup artists that you want to work with. You can see their work online. You can have a look at all the models' folios on there. You can work with models who have had zero experience and there's models on there that are actually professional models. So you could, there's a whole range. So that's a really great way for, for someone starting out to, awesome. to sort of, you know, dip their feet in the water. Okay? All right. Great. What else? Um, and so when you when you're shooting models, make sure that you kind of like you know you you test out all your different styles that you want to shoot with, but but try and keep something that that really suits your style. Like it's pointless you doing you know goth stuff because you think that's going to be the right thing to do if that's not who you are. It's kind of like it should be an extension of your personality. The way you sure, you should, but you, you surely you, know, you need to try, try lots of out. different things. Try them all to out. Figure out your, yep. what's and an because, extension of your personality. Because then you're going to find out what you love. So, yeah. all right. Uh, next one: master fashion lighting and retouching. So, oh yeah, and and it's a really distinct um, style of lighting. How fashion. would you describe fashion? Well, lighting? there's so many different styles of fashion. So you know, there's like the high end where where you know we're using uh, beauty dishes. It's a hard light, and then there's uh, the retouching style that goes with it. Because yeah. if you shoot with a beauty dish, it's a super super hard light, and it basically accentuates 
all the uh, bone structure of a model and makes them look, you know, awesome. But then it's so hard that you do need to to retouch that. So it's it's like not for every skin tone. And then there's you know that that Vogue style of lighting where you see where you see just the, the like the grey background and like you or or you'll see uh, the model against the wall and you'll see the distinctive shadow. So it looks like it was shot in full sun. That's all done with lighting. You know, you'll see stuff that's backlit and flared and, you know, and they're they're the sort of shots where it's like they're making mistakes and they're deliberately pushing it, Mm. okay? But you can't be doing that until you've sort of learnt how to get everything else right, you know? When you understand the principles of lighting and how it works, then you can go and sort of start, like, breaking, breaking the rules and making your own. But it's really important to learn those, like, basic lighting styles. And there's plenty of online courses. There's books. Um, there's lots of places where and you can where learn it's, that. It's also so important to be studying the fashion magazines because lighting styles come and go. They do. They're, they're, they're very much on trend. Yep. You know, you can pick a period in, in fashion history where that blown out look was everything. Yeah. Then you can pick the period in fashion history where the grunge look was everything. Yep. So it's really important to be able to see what's the lighting style du jour so that you know what people are actually looking for. Lighting and post-production style too. Yes. That, like, you can see like it was like super saturated or it's like uh, super pastel or, mm. you, know, you know, as you said, grungy. So like the, there again, it's all fashion and it comes yeah. and it goes. So, yeah, well, all, all of that, post-production, plenty of tutorials on there and blogs and, of course, books. All right? Great. But the key is, I think, you don't have to learn it all. See what is in style at the moment and learn mm. one at a time. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, then, and then, you know, you get really good at it and you get to the point where you can actually, uh, you, all you need to do is uh, have a look at a shot and uh, you'll see what sort of lighting style it is. You can work it out. You go, okay, I know what they've done here and I can, you know, if you like it, you can copy it. Um, all right, so you've got your folio, you've built up your folio, you've, you've gone from, uh, you know, models uh, and, and you're collaborating with a great team. Now you want to start maybe uh, targeting uh, a few magazines that you right. might shoot with, okay? Um, and so when you're doing that, and Val, you might have something to say about this, so people bringing in their folios, like... If you're going to, say, a magazine in the style of Vogue, you're not going to fill your folio with, you know, bikini girls with machine guns. That's actually a website that has bikini girls with machine guns. <laughs> All the photos are, okay. are girls in bikinis and they've got different Great. machine guns and they're usually standing in front of, um, like, trucks. Oh, my God. That's yeah. Bizarre. So imagine if you take that to Vogue. <laughs> They'll laugh you out the door. You're not going to really get – unless they go, oh, my God, how ironic. We're going to do that shoot. Yes. So I think, you know, what do you think about this, like really doing your research and um, and I guess this is the same for writing for magazines as well, you know, Excellent. you knowing what it is that they publish and who the market is. Yeah. Give them what they want, mm. not necessarily what you want. Yeah. Yeah, give them what they want. If you want to get in the door, give them what they want. You can weave in what you like to do later down the track after you become best friends with them. Which, exactly. Which, which leads us on to your next point about networking. 
So network. So like you go to fashion events and, um, you know, there's plenty that happen. There's shows. Go up to people, introduce yourself, chat, say hello, be like, be a bit vulnerable. It's okay. Hey, I really want to be like a fashion photographer. Is there any way that I can help you? Is there anything I can do for you? You know, just just chat to people, get to know them, socialize, um, you know, have your folio with you at all times. So you've got it on your phone there and if someone does ask you, well, you know, have you got any shots? It's like, you know, here it is. I can show you. Find out, you know, brands that are maybe up and coming that are newbies and contact them and say, hey, I'm a photographer. I'm starting out. I'd really love to help you and do some stuff and, you know, and, 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 and try and get some work with them and offer to work for free or for cost. Yeah, and and also on that point, um, you don't necessarily, when you're networking with people, you don't necessarily have to jump straight in and say that you want to do fashion photography Mm. if, you know, especially if it is a high-end magazine Mm. because I know a lot of fashion photographers who um, got started because I commissioned them to do portraits. So they're portraits of real people or portraits of celebrities, you Mm. know, or or just of lifestyle shots, you know, just of models but doing in in, in lifestyle kind of situations, not fashion. So a lot of photographers I know started doing that Mm. and then became familiar to the magazine and then moved into fashion after that. Exactly. So So baby steps as well. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So it's making that connection first. And then you can jump in, and so being open to that as well. Absolutely. Um, all right, and so and look, put your work out there that you're doing. So obviously, you've been doing all your model folios and lots of shots. Just share that online. Just share daily. Put your shots up. Yep. Put behind the scenes up. You know everything that you're doing. Just just share. You never know who's going to see it, but just make sure because people want to see that you're consistent yeah. as well. So a magazine editor is going to be a bit. Um, skittish about hiring you if you've got three shots in your folio and it's like there isn't a consistency because they've yeah. got a budget in mind and it's like it's a big expense to have to do a reshoot. Oh, so if you can show that like, you know, well, here's like, you know, six months, a year's worth of work and it's and then you can they can see a consistent theme, mm. that's extra brownie points for you, I think. Right. What right. else? Okay. So fashion – Here's the thing about fashion, like, you know, they're trends and, and like, everyone's using them, they get done to death and then it's over. So you've got to, like, be aware of this and um, maybe, like, try and be, uh, you know, following the cutting edge stuff but be there, like, not behind the trends, yeah. okay? So, like, you can see that, uh, you know, two years ago, bearded lumberjacks <laughs> that were everywhere weren't, weren't, weren't they that you yes. know that those hipster shots and you see them in all the uh, ad campaigns i'm looking at all those campaigns going oh my god they're so dated now yeah. they have to get rid of them and mm. you know and so that was started as indie 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 and now it's mainstream and so now all the like you know the ladies uh over over 50 shops have all got like little, little touches of plaid and that's come from <laughs> that you know and they've brought it in and now that that trend is now over so if you're going to go show your folio and you're going oh my god i'm going to do bearded lumberjacks that magazine has now seen that shot 4,000 times, so there's nothing there that stands out. So try and think of a way that you can be bring something unique to your photos to make mm. you stand out. Great. Absolutely. You all right? What else? Okay. 
it's all about the details when you're shooting fashion. So, you know, if you can be that kind of photographer that is really, um, you know, spotting all those little details and making sure that there's perfect things like wrinkled uh, clothes, messy hair, sloppy lighting, you know, dirty backdrop. I remember we did a – I was uh, with you in Singapore once Mm -hmm. and I was shooting for Elle Mm -hmm. and doing a big fashion shoot and the lighting, everything. I was like wrapped with everything and then the art director points out this like, what about the dirty floor? My shots. (laughs) A couple of shots because like we hadn't like just – there was a couple of scuff marks. Yeah. You know, but that there it is. It's there in the shot. So it's like, you know, I was so consumed with, oh, my God, how, how, how amazing is my lighting? She's like, yeah, but the floor's dirty. So, like, you know, make sure that you cover all bases and are always constantly scanning for those little details because it's that, all those little one percenters that make you stand out and the clients love that when you can be that particular about yeah. how your images, you know, look. Absolutely. Even things like you say when that little strand of hair um, goes over your face or in the wrong spot, even though, yes, you can potentially Photoshop it later, that's a pain. It is a pain. You know, if you've got a camera-ready shot or a print-ready shot, that's fantastic. Yeah. So it is those little, little details that are really important. And uh, it's... That excuse, I'll I'll fix it in post-production, you mean there are some things that, yes, that's appropriate for. There are many things for which it's not appropriate for. So try to get it right the first time and people will respect you more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, All right. So next one. Yeah. I'm going to go a bit Tony Robbins again. (laughs) I love it when you go Tony Robbins. (laughs) Bringing out my inner Tony Robbins. Wait, wait. Let me take a deep breath. Okay. the fireworks. Stop comparing yourself to the competition. Oh, yeah. I've got a quote, Val. I've got a quote. Wait, wait, Go wait. on. What's the quote? Comparison is the thief of joy. Did you make that up? No, that's uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. <laughs> so, like, I know what this is like. I've been here. We, we all do this when we look at Facebook and we see how much better everyone else's life is than yes. ours, you know? Yes. It's like, so you, you can't compare yourself to other photographers because you don't know where they are in their journey. They yeah. could have been doing it for, like, you know, they could have that, you know, 30 years, you know, and of course they're going to be that good. Yeah. The only person you need to compare yourself to and compare with is yourself and where you were six months ago. So, you know, have a look at where you are today and then look at where you were six months ago and then, you know, pat yourself on the back for having made progress and, and just focus on that. Yeah. I mean, that's easier said than done, though. I know. Gina? I know, but you just need – and we all need to keep reminding ourselves of this too. Now, it's, and it's no matter where you are in life, you're always going to look around and maybe go, well, you know, <laughs> how can I have that or how can I be that? Yeah. You know? Sure. All right. Yeah, and enough. so finally, I've got another quote. Well, go on. <laughs> I go on. I go on Tony Robbins on Overdrive oh, now. Dear. So fight hustle. Right. Okay. Yes. The uh, the only two days in the week that you can't walk to work towards your goals are yesterday and tomorrow. How's that? Like that? Hey? Did you make that one up? I kind of made it up. I think it's a mismatch of lo- a lot of different quotes that I've heard, but it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, okay. I could have real swagger over that. I don't oh even have God. to have sore legs. Oh, my God. All right. That's a good one. Okay, but what do you mean? Okay, hustle. So, like, you're never – like, you've got to treat this – 
it's not going to come to you. It's like it's pointless, um, you know, sitting sitting in the middle of your, you know, doing the secret, you know, and sitting out and saying mantras out like, you know, I'm good enough, I will be a great yeah. photographer. That's It's not going to bring the work to you. You've got to do something yeah. every day towards your goal, you know. So work on your folio, work on your website, have everything done, make those phone calls, yeah. hustle. Hustle every day, you know, set, do something every day towards your goal. Eventually, you'll get there, you know. You've just got to keep moving forward. And I think the important thing is, apart, I agree, work on your portfolio and, you know, make sure you do all those, all of those things. And sometimes you just have to ask, yep. you know. Uh, I was talking to a photographer the other day who wanted to, a particular gig and she was saying, no, she wanted to be asked. And I said, no. Why don't you just put yourself out there and say, can I have this gig? Yeah. And it's, it's something that is so um, – that we forget to do, that we can simply ask. And I think your point earlier, Gina, uh, about um, potentially working with some up-and-coming brands because you're not going to yes. get Gucci straight away. No. But you may have a great you know, local designer who may not have the budget to do a mm-hmm. huge shoot, but you can do a fantastic shoot for them. Yep. And you go through that journey together. You, you make progress together. So I exactly. think that uh, – that's a really great tip, that one, mm. to work with some up-and-coming brands. If you're... And then you're growing together. You're growing together Absolutely. and you have the opportunity to work with great people and it is your folio in the making. You've got actual, you know, work jobs and then, you know, when it comes time to landing that big work, you've done all your homework. When you get that, that paid gig, you've got like, you know, five or ten shoots under your belt so that when you get on set that first time, you're going to be a professional yeah. about it because you've had that experience. So before we wrap up on this one, though, Gina, the fashion industry, you know, it's it's seen in movies. We've this, it, very recently we've seen um, Derek Zoolander and Hansel, <laughs> oh, awesome. awesome, you know, walk down the catwalk for Valentino in Paris. Uh, brilliant, brilliant, uh, you know, promotion for Zoolander yeah. the sequel, uh, but. Obviously, a movie like Zoolander is a little bit of a parody of the fashion industry. How much do you think <laughs> of, you know, of that world, of Zoolander, of, of the, the, the cliches that we see about the fashion industry is reality? Um, look, I think it, 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 it's changed a lot. Be, I, I see that models are far more professional these days. It, you know, they can't afford to be like they were once upon a time. Like, you know, when I was starting out, there were those long lunches that went for six hours. There was a lot of carry-on that went on and there was but, – but, like, there's stuff that you hear that you see on Zoolander that I've heard on set, you know, I've heard people complain about um, – all sorts of things that are just ridiculous that, you know, that if I, if I even say, <laughs> it's just like, it can be that ridiculous. Yeah. It's hilarious. Darling, darling, darling. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is a little bit like that. You know, admittedly, some parts of the fashion industry can appear like a closed shop and can appear a bit cliched. Uh, and, and some elements are, but the key is that if you want to work in that industry, uh, un, un, unless until you become a huge name, the reality is you do have to play the game. So you need to ask yourself whether you're prepared to play the game or not. 
Exactly, and you know? it is it is a big game to play. But you know, remember that a lot of the um, the people that are calling the shots and the hardworking, you know, the editors are just like you know everyday regular hardworking people, mm. and are not necessarily part of that fabulous crowd. There's a lot of posers yes. in the fashion industry, yes. and they're generally not the ones getting on with it. Like so, a lot of the big big name photographers, the big big name makeup artists and stylists that I've worked with, mm. are just you know, really lovely, down-to-worth and Mm. humble people. Mm. And so, you know, know that because there's an opportunity to get to know them on a real front. So there's, you know, I think if you go in trying to play that game Mm. at that level, then I don't know, I think you get caught out. But if you're just in there and you're working hard and you want to just create beautiful photos. Yes. You know, and there's so many different levels that you can enter, you know. It doesn't necessarily have to be that high end. That's okay. uh, Maybe I should rephrase what I said because I don't want it to sound like you need to be fake in order to make it in the fashion industry because I think to be true to yourself, you have to be authentic and you need to, you know, be yourself. But I guess it's having an awareness that there is, yes, an element of air kissing and an element of, you know, you you just met but suddenly you're giving each other's hugs (laughs) before you, you say goodbye, uh, um, there is an element of that. And just to recognise recognize it for what it is, that it is uh, a little bit superficial, but stay true to yourself as well. And it isn't that, like, I, I just I always laugh at when I'm on set for a big fashion shoot, the only glamorous person on set is the actual model, the rest yes. of us. <laughs> don't, don't you just wish you could, like, uh, if the world could see what's really like, everyone's just because we're all up at four in the morning yes. and we've barely, you know, been able to, I don't know, put a brush through our hair. Yes. So everyone's looking a bit rough yes. <laughs> by the end of the day and then there's the whole the model who's just like, absolutely gorgeous and the rest of us (laughs) (laughs) the unglamorous world of fashion photography all right well that brings us to the end of our podcast this week that's a really good topic gina how to break into the fashion industry thanks um if anyone has any further questions please feel free to ping us on social media or, or or uh through email um, news at com. Thank you for everyone who has emailed us. It's been great to hear from you. Um, if you have a moment to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, we'd be really grateful because it really does help us in our rankings. Um, you can uh, find Gina um, on social media. Where, Gina? I'm at Gina Militia on Twitter, at Gina Militia on Instagram. Uh, We have uh, So You Want to Be a Photographer on Google+. And guess what? I'm on Pinterest. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And I've created a What Would MacGyver Do board. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. Now, in case anyone um, needs to check the spelling of Militia, it's M for Mary, I L. I-C-I-A. You can find me at Valerie Koo on social media. Uh, but we let's go to our Gina challenge this week. I yeah. think that there have been a lot of people who have been participating in hashtag Fantastic Gina challenge. Fantastic shots, aren't they? Yeah. It's been really great to see people from all over, the, see shots from people all over the world. And we've had a theme each week. Some things have been more popular than others, which has been <laughs> interesting. But this week, hashtag Gina challenge is going to be 
fashion. Now, fashion doesn't have to be necessarily a, you know, a fashion shoot. It's whatever fashion means to you. But uh, we'd love to see your shots uh, with a theme of fashion, hashtag Gina Challenge. You can either put it on Instagram and hashtag it there or put it on the Google Plus page and, um, you know, and, and we'll see it there as well, hashtag Gina Challenge. Yeah. So... That brings us to the end of our podcast this week. Um, thank you so much to everyone for listening and for giving us your feedback. We're having a ball. Oh, this is so this much podcast. fun. So much fun. I'm certainly learning a lot and I'm <laughs> quizzing Gina a, a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it, it's been great fun and it's been just so great connecting with you and seeing your photos as well. And you're all so funny, actually. <laughs> yes, you know, they're wonderful. very funny, your friends of the show. Very, very funny. Love it. So, uh, <laughs> Please do um, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. So um, until next week, we'll chat to you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.